Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to our slash malicious compliance. Where in this episode, it's all about bad bosses and business owners getting what they deserve. And in one story, guys, OP teaches an entitled narcissistic owner a lesson he won't forget. Guys, I hope you enjoy the super satisfying stories today. Hit subscribe if you're not subscribed. And as always, you can send or link your post to this email right here. So to preface the story, I need to state that I'm a shorter guy that's rather barrel-chested. And because of this, a lot of clothes I wear are tight around the chest but loose around the stomach and waist, making me seem like I'm overweight and wearing baggy clothes. In actuality, I'm actually decently fit, and I can lift or move more than people expect. And this is important, I promise. With that said, I work for a cosmetology school, and I'm one of the few male employees on the corporate side, with the majority of my coworkers being middle-aged women. Being one of the only males, I'm often asked to do a lot of manual labor when needed. I've never minded this, and I never will. Anything to get out of the office, right? Last month, we were in the process of setting up a new location. Being a cosmetology school, you can imagine one of the most necessary implements are mirrors. There are mirrors everywhere. Always. Anyways, the owner of the school, who's an older man in his 70s, decides he really wants to help moving our large wall mirrors to the new location. Not because I needed the help, but because he's a micromanaging nightmare on the go. Now, when I say these are wall mirrors, I'm referring to large, 4 foot by 4 foot, bulky, heavy-duty mirrors, about 20 pounds each, that are attached to steel frame stands that the students use for clients and practicing. So I arrive at the new location to drop off the mirrors. I begin unloading them in sets of two to three, and walking them inside to where I'll eventually set up the stands for them. As I'm on the second trip, the owner decides that I'm, one, not moving quickly enough for his liking, and two, he knows a much better way, as he's got like 40 years of knowledge on me. And I'm thinking, it's dropping off mirrors, like come on man. So the owner proceeds to climb into the back of the rental truck, and he begins stacking the mirrors onto the jack. And this is all happening while I'm inside on my second walk-in load. The owner tells me, this will be a much better way to do this. We'll stack the mirrors on the jack, and we'll just take it all in at once. I say to him, are you sure? The ramp off the truck is pretty steep, and there's like 15 mirrors on here. All of those, and the jack, is gonna be pretty heavy. The owner tells me, oh, we'll be fine. I was doing this long before you came along. Are you doubting my knowledge? I also want to note that he started the school like 30 years ago, and he hasn't done strenuous physical work in the past six years I've been here. I say to him, okay, boss, you got it. You want me to be on the bottom so I take the bulk of the weight? The owner tells me, look, I'm a head taller with a smaller gut and better hair. I will take the bottom. And I'm thinking, oh, crap. But of course I say, yes, boss. So with that, we get the jack to the beginning of the ramp, and we let it start to roll down. Just as the back wheels begin to crest the lip to descend, all the weight starts to shift forward. Before it could continue, I pulled it back an inch and asked again, are you sure we should do this? I don't know if just us two can do it. 
That's when the owner tells me, man up, let's get this going. You want to get home, right? Again, I say, yes, sir. As it goes over the lip once more, I brace myself for the weight shift. The back wheels go over and suddenly I'm using all my weight and strength to keep this thing going down slowly. My face is red, my arms are straining, and I can tell that the owner has nearly none of the weight held up. Halfway down, after several careful shuffled steps, the owner tells me, Hey, just let it go. I can get it the rest of the way. It's not that heavy. At this point, I try to tell the owner through clenched teeth, I have most of it. But the owner says, just let it go. I have it. I ask him once again, are you sure? I don't want... And that's when he interrupts me and says, are you the boss or am I the boss? And at that, I just let go. And of course, he didn't have it. I'll never forget the sound of a 70-year-old man squealing in fright as hundreds of pounds of mirrors just crash and break into the sidewalk as he jumped out of the way. After a moment of stunned silence, he says, Oh, crap. And I say to him, Agreed. And here's the follow-up. After all the mirrors shattered, it took the better part of two hours to make sure all the shards were picked up. Thankfully, the owner didn't place any blame on anyone, just sighed, and asked me to contact the mirror providers to have a delivery scheduled. Afterwards, he and the VP treated my coworker and I to drinks and dinner at a nearby bar. Now, as you can guess, the whole incident had left the owner feeling a little aged, though he wouldn't admit it. And it just so happened that at this bar was an arcade game. It was one of those punching bag arcade games where it ranks your punch with a numerical score. Basically, the owner saw it, and he jumped at the chance to try to reassert his manliness over his employees, I suppose. Well, the owner, the VP, coworker, and I start taking turns, and what you'd expect to happen did. I beat his score, although not by much, but here's the kicker. He was also beat by my female coworker, who boxes a few times a week. Needless to say, he was ready to play pool immediately after instead. Honestly, with OP coming back with the follow-up, guys, the owner sounds like a pretty decent dude that owned up to his mistakes, and I'm glad all that was hurt that day was his ego. And with that said, though, I don't know how strong he thought he was, because 15 mirrors times 20 pounds, the owner basically had 300 pounds come rolling towards him. And for all of you who are wondering how much those mirrors cost, OP said it was about $3,800 that came crashing to the ground. So I'm a 30-year-old female, and I've been working at a super small construction company for the past two years. I've put my best foot forward every day and never had any issues with anyone in the company. As of three months ago, they moved me from an infield coordinator to an accounting position. It was an emergency move, as one of the employees stole $80,000 from the company, and they needed to find an immediate replacement. My new supervisor, who we'll call Mary, a 34-year-old female, was always super kind to me, and we became pretty good in-work friends. Well, these past couple of months have been hell. I hate the new position, and to be fair, I'm not very good at it. So I found a new position, and I've been keeping it a secret for a while. I let the owner know first, and he was very kind and receptive to it. The issue started when Mary got word of it. She immediately corners me and she starts going on this rant, saying things like, Why didn't you tell me? You're being incredibly unfair and selfish. I can't believe you would do this to us. This is unacceptable. Don't you dare ask me for a reference because you're not getting one from me. I politely told her that the opportunity was something I simply couldn't pass up. She then went to the owner and asked for details that I might have given to him about the new company and new position. Thankfully, I hadn't discussed any details about it with anyone. 
It was awkward after that, but I didn't think anything of it. The next day is when things took a turn for the worst. Mary decided to be petty, and she removed all of my authorizations to any accounts I had, so I couldn't perform any of my daily tasks. I didn't want to leave on a sour note, so I brought it up to the owner, as Mary was out of the office that day. He reauthorized my accounts, and I continued to work. Mary was back the following day, and she was completely livid that I went around her and talked to the owner. Her actions towards me would only get worse from here on out. The next day, I came in to notice that my desk was moved, and my computer access was taken away, yet again. Cue the malicious compliance. Since I couldn't do any of my daily tasks, and really didn't feel like dealing with a screaming Mary, I was on Reddit for basically the whole day. At the end of the day, Mary came into my new back storage office and said, Busy today? I know mine was. And I just smiled and said, Yep, exhausting. Mary did not like that response, and she went to the owner to say that I was purposefully not doing my job, and my last two weeks would be pointless, so we should just let her go now. The owner disagrees, calls me into his office, and after I explained what she had done, he gave me access again and told Mary to go work from home. So another day goes by, and it's extremely peaceful now that Mary's working remote. But unfortunately, this does not mean that my day was getting any easier. Instead of taking my access away, she had IT start forwarding all my emails to other employees in other departments that had nothing to do with my specific position. At this point, I only had three days left, so I just took it as, okay, this sucks for them, but it's on Mary's head if anyone has any questions. I then looked at my paid time off, and I had way more than I thought. So why not use those for my last days, and that's exactly what I did. I was originally supposed to let all vendors know, and start forwarding them off to the appropriate people, and also interview second round of candidates for my position, but not anymore. The owner was completely okay with it, and understood that Mary was being toxic, and that he would have a talk with her about her attitude and position if this continues. Now with my last two days, and me being on paid time off, I finally thought I was safe from Mary. But lo and behold, she was still holding a massive grudge, as if me leaving my position was a personal attack on her. Mary called me at 4.30 in the morning one day, and she left me a voicemail saying that our company was having an accounting emergency, and that I need to come in immediately. I called her back four hours later, which she was fuming about, and went on a massive rant how I'm extremely entitled, that I'll never get anywhere with my attitude, that she's embarrassed for our company to say that I worked here, and that if she ever finds out where I'm working, she will make sure that I'm fired and I'll never get a job in this town again. At that, I just laughed at her, and she went ballistic. Like when you'd take a four-year-old's toy away. Mary was screaming so loud that her voice was shaking. And she was saying silly things like, I have no respect for her or the company, and that I'll rot in hell. I just hung up on her once she started bringing my family into things. I then called the owner and explained to him what happened, which he wasn't shocked about. He had told me that when she came in that morning, she was going on a rampage like the Tasmanian devil. After finding out why she was freaking out, he promptly fired her. I was shocked, since this was such a small company and he definitely needed her. I had heard from another coworker that she ended up destroying a bunch of company property on her way out, and now she's facing a lawsuit due to damages. I'm so thankful she revealed her true self to everyone, and that I'm far, far away from that company and her. 
Yeah, all I can say is, guys, that woman's gonna have a heck of a time finding a new job. And it's funny how she was like, don't even ask me for a reference because I'm not giving you one. When she basically destroyed her workplace and she'll have the worst reference ever. Like, she didn't just burn her bridges, guys. She burnt down the whole village. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. So I used to work at this one coffee shop. It was my first chain coffee shop after working only at local or family run ones. Simply put, it was hell. The owners would micromanage everything without knowing anything about how the business ran. They never listened to staff and only cared about the money. Typical out-of-touch owners of a business. I was hired to replace a manager that had walked out of one of their locations, leaving it with only part-time staff. I was told that I was being hired on as the acting manager, until they either hired someone else or they felt that I would be a good fit for the position after my six months probation. I won't go into everything that went wrong because there was a lot. But to summarize, it was literal hell. I was expected to cover all no-shows, which had me working 90 to 100 hours a week. And I wasn't allowed to fire anyone, no matter how many things they did wrong. Someone actually showed up to work drunk, and I still wasn't allowed to fire them. And any changes I wanted to implement were shot down, like replacing old parts in the espresso machine, shortening hours to save money on labor, bringing in items that customers would always ask for, etc. I was stressed, overworked, and irritated when the owner comes in to talk to me about sales for the store. We weren't making enough to warrant the hours I'd scheduled, and he wasn't going to pay me any more overtime. He said that I would only work the hours I'm scheduled, and if someone no-showed, I had to have someone else cover those shifts. I tried to explain to him that I only came in when no one else would cover. It just so happened that the people he allowed to continue to work here had terrible availability. Making the schedule was hard enough, but getting someone other than myself to come in on their day off was next to impossible. On top of all that, I had to learn the ropes myself. There was no one to train me, so all the managerial knowledge, ordering, scheduling, I had to learn myself. No one other than me knew how to order coffee or had the numbers for repair guys, etc. Anything other than making coffee and using the till, I was the only one that knew. The owner, however, wasn't hearing any of it. He basically said to me, all I'm hearing is excuses. This is your damn store. If you can't handle running it, I will start looking for someone who will. I basically say to him, wasn't that the plan though? It's been three months since my probation period ended. And you never gave me the manager position, so I assumed you were looking for someone to take over. The owner tells me, I think it's in your best interest to take some time off. Start thinking about your position here and whether you actually want to start moving up. I tell the owner, I can't, there's no one to cover me. The owner says, 
you are taking this time off. I ask him, is it a paid break? And he says, no, consider this a time out to get yourself sorted. Take the two weeks to rest and we'll see what your position will be like when you're back. If there's still a position for you. At that I say, hey, I can't really afford to take that amount of time off. I can't even take two days off without having to come in and cover. It's that bad. That's when the owner says, don't you worry about my business right now. It'll run fine without you. Now, to put in perspective, I was basically the manager at that point. I made the schedules, did the orders, knew the codes to the safe and the alarm, and I wasn't allowed to hire someone to assist me, and no one worked enough time to be able to cover half my shifts. I knew this, the staff knew this, the customers knew it. Well, after that, I made sure to block all work numbers and spent those two weeks looking for another job. I managed to find one after a few days that paid significantly more. I then sent my resignation email to payroll and the owner, knowing he never checks it, and then deleted my accounts off the point-of-sale system. I then spent the rest of the leave catching up on well-deserved sleep, having blocked all work numbers. I'm not getting paid, so I'm not working. According to my coworkers, the next day, stuff started going wrong. One of the openers didn't show, and the next staff member didn't have the keys. The owner wasn't answering his phone, so they left a message. The owner didn't show up until one of the regulars called, asking if the place was shut down. He showed up four hours after they were supposed to open. The orders weren't done, inventory was missed, there were four no-shows, you name it, it went wrong. The owner tried every way he could to get a hold of me, even using a customer's phone to call me. After two weeks, I turned my phone back on and I get a call the same day from the owner. We agreed to meet the next day. The owner says to me, so, you've had some time to think. I say to him, I have, it's really given me perspective on my position here. The owner tells me, well, we can start you back on your normal hours for now, and we're looking for a manager to take on more of your responsibilities. I say to him, oh, that's good, because I'm actually quitting. Hearing me say that, he went silent for a few minutes. I think he was waiting for me to tell him that I was kidding. And I'm thinking, sucks for you, buddy, but I'm serious. I say to the owner, I've already emailed payroll and removed my log from the computer, and here's my keys. Good luck. And with that, I left. The owner did try calling me a few times, but he stopped once I told him to check his email. I was on okay terms with some of the staff that worked there, and apparently a majority of them quit after I left. The owner did find a replacement pretty quickly, but without anyone to train them, because the owner knew nothing about running his business, they were aft from the get-go, and they left pretty soon after they were hired. My petty ass is always checking reviews from customers and employees, and they've consistently sucked for the past year, and they seem to be on a downward trend. Guys, I love stories where employees get to teach owners a good lesson. Like, just because you own the business doesn't mean you know everything. And in this case, apparently the owner knew absolutely nothing. Like, holy moly, guys, not only did that owner not listen, but he doesn't even know how to work his own business. It's a shame Opie couldn't get a photo of his face when they told him they were quitting. That would have been something. I used to work as a chef for this owner who liked to micromanage things and was a bit narcissistic. I had been working there for about three years. I was getting good reviews, customers loved me, I updated the menu and made everything from scratch. Customers used to think the place was open box, heat, and serve food. Quality had gone up and morale was great in my kitchen. 
the annual sales went from 850k to 1.4 million, about maximum capacity for the space. The increase in sales and income, however, went to the owner's head. He was always spending money on frivolous things and squandering cash, stuff like sound system, a stage for the event space, etc. One example is I needed a new piece of equipment, an Alto Sham. A used one would have sufficed, but no, he bought the top of the line one that could be used as a smoker too, for $12,000, versus what I wanted, which could have been gotten used for $1,500. Granted, I enjoyed that piece of equipment, which after I left, they no longer used the smoker function. I was hourly, but then the owner realized that during the busy season, I and my sous chef put in about 70 to 80 hour weeks. Doing this, he realized that I made more take-home pay from his business than he did. At peak times, he'd maybe work 40 to 50 hours a week. So to save money, he puts me and my sous chef on salary, effective immediately, cutting my pay by about $10,000 a year. My sous netted a loss of $2,000 a year if we were to work at our current level of effort. During all of this, the owner's saying that he's not expecting us to work over 40 hours a week, ever. He even had this written into our contracts. So with the extra time off at home with family, that's okay. I still like the job and my staff. And during the slower time, this was great. Also during this time, I had won a local award for my cooking and the narcissistic owner was not too pleased. He was no longer recognized as the creative force in the kitchen that bears his name, so his meddling and micromanaging increased. It had gone from, it's your kitchen, OP, do what you want, to, it's my name and my kitchen, we do it this way. Morale and quality began to suffer. Just prior to the holiday season, my Sue wants to go back to his home country for two and a half months. November, December, and January is a crazy peak time for us. I have good help, and I'm good with it. The owner approved the time off. The owner, thinking that I'm going to save him some money that holiday season by working my usual 70 to 80 hours a week, was surprised when I cue the malicious compliance. I start writing the holiday schedule. Sue's on vacation, and I have my 40 during key prep times and peak business times. The rest of my staff gets serious overtime. Basically, the Sue and I carried a lot of the weight in the kitchen and could outperform most of our small staff. So with the sous chef on vacation and I only pulling 40 hours a week, staff is now working 60-ish hours a week and part-timers are getting 40. Things are running pretty smoothly until the owner realizes that I'm not there like I always am during the holiday rush. He's in the kitchen more, trying to micromanage my staff, giving them poor advice contradicting my directions, messing up timing for events, screwing up small parties that my staff could easily handle while I'm off. After a few weeks of this, he realizes that he's going to be paying the staff out more in overtime than he saved on moving me and my sous chef to salary. He then starts demanding that I work more hours to stop hemorrhaging overtime to the kitchen staff. I show him my contract where I'm not expected to work over 40 hours a week. Now he says that it's just a guideline and to forget about it. I hold him to the 40 hours a week. It's Christmas and now I can for once spend time with my family. Now with my sous returning, I'm burdened out from the constant micromanaging and and gaslighting by the owner, that I hand the reins over to my Sue and change careers after 25 years in the industry, and I never looked back. Good on OP for doing that, guys. Like, it's always nice to hear that dumb owners get what they deserve for their selfishness. And this person's comment sums it up. They say, there's an expression for this, I feel. Don't kill the goose that lays the golden eggs. 
I agree, like, I'll never understand why owners shoot themselves in the foot like this. And seriously, more people need to realize that if you have a great team, keep them happy. The profits will flow. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash malicious compliance. Guys, I hope you enjoyed today's super satisfying stories. If you did, hit that thumbs up. And if you're not subscribed, consider subscribing so you don't miss these crazy stories. And if you missed the last episode on the channel, it's an r slash I don't work here lady episode. Where a Karen destroys her husband's career by demanding someone serve her. Ain't that something. Guys, go check it out if you haven't. And myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.